All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. All heaters must come to an end. It was not a super Sunday for the Edmonton Oilers. Let's get into whatever the hell that was with the lead. Wasn't even close. Oilers got smoked by the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal smoked me. Tyler Uremchuk, Coomsey, along with us on a Monday show. How are you doing, Coomsey? I'm doing good. Was that like a the meat reference? Is that a Montana's reference? Maybe. That was? That's Maybe. Good. That We're going to get into our three big things for Montana's. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day. We are streaming to you live on the Nation Network YouTube, as well as on Facebook and Twitter. Coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio, three locations in the Edmonton area, St. Albert Mall, Kingsway Mall, and Sherwood Park Mall. The Nation Network YouTube chat is alive and well on a Monday afternoon, and we are also keeping our eyes glued for some potential waiver news from the Edmonton Oilers, although I think there's a better chance that we get that tomorrow compared to today. I see the Vancouver Canucks have placed Spencer Martin on waivers this morning, and the Jets put Axel Janssen Falby on waivers as well. So it sounds like just those two players, nothing from the Edmonton Oilers on the waiver front. I know a bunch of people were itching to find out about that. Uh, Daniel Shipley was in with the first comment on the nation network YouTube. He says not going to win every game, but that was a very poor performance. Yeah. I mean, if you would have given me a guess before the game started against Montreal, if you were like, Hey, the final score is going to be six, two, I probably would have emptied my bank account on the Oilers winning that hockey game six to two. I didn't see something that bad coming no i mean you could have expected them to get maybe edged out by the habs the habs aren't terrible they're bad but i mean 
teams in the NHL win games, right? Nobody goes zero yep. and 82. This is an inevitability. Bad teams still find a way to win. And you look at the schedule, it's the fourth game in seven nights, second mm-hmm. of a back to back. I mean, it is two afternoon games, so it's not really like a night night back to back. They still got like a good sleep, but it, it really just seemed like a team at the end of like a long stretch of travel, just saying, eh. Yeah. Team that had their Super Bowl party coming up and Jay and I talked about how maybe that'd be a motivator for them, right? The they were apparently allowed to stay in Montreal for their Super Bowl party. Everyone was all excited, but no, it uh it did not work out that well for the Edmonton Oilers. A six two loss. Let's get into our three big things for our friends at Montana's. And speaking about big, that's the size of the gift card you can win this week on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you follow Oilers Nation, head over there. Find out how you can win a hundred bones to Montana's. You know how many half price wings that can get you? Head to montanas.ca to check out the full lineup of daily deals. Have you tried Montana's wings yet? I haven't gotten there yet, but you did mention this oh. to me when we were doing BJ on radio. He was excited. They're legit. Them. Not just being like, hey, maybe you should give these a try. You'd like it. He was intense, like looking at me. Like yep. I could see your mouth watering. You were very passionate about this. So I definitely will go to Montana's and enjoy myself some wings. That's a significant recommendation. Three big things from that game against Montreal, just for me, and it's a trend that we're starting to see a little bit with this team. They're starting to start slow again. And they had kind of gotten that out of their system for the bulk of January. But since coming back from the break, like against Detroit, that first period as a whole was not good. They did not start well against the Philadelphia Flyers. They really didn't start that great against the Ottawa Senators, even though McDavid did get that one goal early. They when they were winning games in January, it was like, man, they were good for 60 minutes, a lot of nights. And we talked yesterday on the pregame show that, you know, good teams find a way to grab wins, even when they're maybe not at their best. And that's the sign of like an elite team. It's like, Hey, when like a couple areas are maybe struggling for a few games, other areas find ways to pick you up. But the Oilers really just shot themselves in the foot in the first period, got out shot 10 to four at five on five. It just felt like right from the get-go, they had no juice. Yeah, it kind of feels like, and I mean, this has been a thing for years where it feels as though the Oilers go into a game against a bad opponent, a bad opponent on paper. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think we all know that, I I said this earlier, in the NHL, there's no automatic wins. There's a league with quite a bit of parity. Even the worst teams are still, they still win games. But it seems like the Oilers look at opponents, maybe a, a team like Philly or a team like Montreal, and they're like, ah, yeah, we can skill past these guys, we'll get four or five power plays score two or three times will win this thing easily. And then the other team comes out, checks hard four checks. Well, back checks, well, box things out, take away the Oilers skill game and play this tight checking game. And it just doesn't work out for them. And it's something they have to figure out because you have to play those games against better teams in the playoffs. Like if you go up against the LA Kings or the Vegas golden Knights, that's how they're going to play in the playoffs. Yeah. That's part of the reason the LA Kings gave the Oilers fits last year in the playoffs. They play like this really strong, structured style of play, and the Oilers just couldn't really fight through that. Um, You guys are alive and well on the Nation Network YouTube chat. Hammer that like button there. If you're one of the people watching on Facebook, hit the star button there as well. Dr. Gonzo says fatigue physically and mentally, too many dead legs and brain farts. 100%. 100%. And that kind of ties into my second and third points here on three big things is... Again, sometimes good teams can have off nights and they'll find ways to win, but you usually either need your goalie to steal you one or your special teams to really come through for you. And Stuart Skinner is my second big thing because he just flat out wasn't good against the Montreal Canadiens. A couple of those goals, I think he definitely could have stopped, including an early one when he just decided not to cover up the puck and play it off. I felt like there were just some really dumb mistakes between the pipes there. And listen, Stuart Skinner is a rookie. And I think 
because of his success early in the season, we kind of just forgot about that fact of it, that he is largely at the NHL level, a very inexperienced goalie. There are going to be more games like this. That is totally okay. The expectation was not for this guy to be the savior that he was early in the year. I'm fine with a little blip on the radar when it comes to Stuart Skinner, but the point still stands. He just wasn't that good against Montreal. No, and I, I think um, one of the times where I was on the show with you, I talked about this. The The worrying thing about Skinner, and this is going to sound kind of stupid, so bear in mind for a minute. It, the, the worrying thing about Skinner when he was playing so well earlier in the season and Campbell was unplayable for like a month, yeah. Skinner was like the MVP of the Oilers for that period. He was playing so much, but the concerning thing was, I mean, if, if Campbell didn't heat up and start getting better, Skinner was going to burn out by the midway yep. point because he was playing almost every game in December and January. And it feels like now Campbell's rolling. It'd be good to have him play probably a few games in a row so Skinner can take some time off, yeah. rest himself, and be good down the stretch. Yeah. Because his, his load this year has been so significant. Like you said, this is a rookie in the league. This isn't someone who's, you know, five years into their <laughs> NHL career and knows what it's like physically to navigate an entire season. It's yep. a marathon. So they've got to give him a bit of a breather, I think. Uh, just a quick note, Devin Shore cleared waivers. He was put on waivers yesterday. That is great news for our guy, Liam, who is president of the Devin Shore fan club. He's going to get a chance, <laughs> Liam, to uh, to go back down to Bakersfield. I know that that's heartwarming for you. Well, at least he gets to go down there and prove everybody wrong once again with his silky moves, like that one where he took on the entire blue line and knocked it in with his foot. You see that one? No. Special. Was that in the NHL or the AHL? AHL. Ah, AHL. Ah. No goals in the NHL this season. <laughs> That'll happen. It, uh, we don't have any. Is, uh, this year's Toby Reader. If Toby Reader would have scored 10 to 12 more goals. Um, <laughs> yeah, Devin Shore clears waivers. The third thing I had was uh, just kind of a special team slip up from the Edmonton Oilers. Their penalty kill was top 10 in the NHL heading into that game. If you look at it from January on, like the PK had really started to figure itself out for the Oilers. And then they go out and allow two goals on three attempts. Their power play goes one for six, which is not good. Also, their power play had a chance in that hockey game with what was that like five six minutes ago in the second period yeah, when they got three. that extended five on three and you're like boom you were gonna tie up this hockey game and you're gonna be feeling good going into the third period you don't score there you know with game management you're not getting another call anytime soon you know the Habs are getting the next power play sure enough a super soft call on Evan Bouchard goes against you Habs score on the power play just you couldn't get a timely goal from your power play. You also couldn't get a timely kill from your PK. And again, if you're flat at five on five from the jump and your goalie's having an off night and your special teams is junk, you're not going to win hockey games doing that. It's just everything went against them. Sounds like a poor recipe for success. It does. Yeah, uh, uh, it was just one of those games. I don't know. You could kind of tell right off the bat that it wasn't yep. going to go well for the others. It took him so long to actually get a shot on goals. So. Yeah, if everything just is going yeah. wrong, it's going to be tough to get some wins. But this was nice, what Aaron has loaded up on the side here. Yeah, like, honestly, one of the turning points, it was 3 nothing halfway through the second, and Vinny DeHarnay said, you know what, I'm going to give this team a bit of a spark. And it was a little bit of a scrappy game at points, but I do like that DeHarnay, this to me was recognizing, hey, my guys could use something here. And I know Kane was kind of the one who started the scrum as well. And he was in there with Josh Anderson. But DeHarnay being willing to shed the mitts. First career fight as well against a guy in Arbor Jack guy who has dropped the mitts with some heavyweights so far mm. this season. Guys like Zach Cassian. Um, I love this. I love that DeHarnay says, you know what? I'm not going to score a goal for this team, but I'm going to try to turn momentum in the right way in a way I can. It's been a great fit. Yeah, this is the nice thing about them doing 7-11 and too with their, yep. with their D and forward format. 
is there was points in the t- in earlier this season even when it was okay someone on the Oilers has to drop the mitts is it going to be Darnell Nurse or is it going to be Evander Kane and neither of those is players you want dropping the mitts Kane of course had the wrist injury and the surgery and he's also one of your top scorers and then Nurse is your number one minute munching defenseman you don't want him sitting in the box for five minutes yep. so now you have Darnay even if he's sitting off after a fight like this for five minutes it's fine they have six other defensemen perfect those were our three big things brought to you by Montana's. I want to get to some of your takes in the YouTube chat. Sergeant Battle was in early on, says conspiracy theory time. The Oilers don't actually want to win the division. Winning means they're more likely to play Colorado or LA, who they played poorly against. I mean, I think you'd rather get home ice advantage. And the bottom line is you're going to have to go through some really good teams at some point in the playoffs. Coming in first, yeah, sure, that means you might have to play L.A., but I'd rather play L.A. than potentially Vegas. I'd rather play, I'd probably rather play Seattle than the Kings, but it's close. There aren't that many matchups you look at that are easy. I mean, even if you went up against Calgary in the first round, like, they're not even in the playoff spot right now, and that's not, I don't want to face a charged-up version of the Calgary Flames, especially if somehow Jacob Markstrom gets hot. I know that's not something that's happened this year, but... There's, 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 I don't think there's an easy playoff series. Yeah. Also, the Minnesota Wild are uh, below the Avs right now, and the Wild are spiraling. I think the Avs are probably due for another heater at some point. I don't think the Avs are going to fall into a wild card spot. I think that's probably going to end up being the Minnesota Wild, or the wild card could very realistically be two Pacific Division teams. So, if you're the Oilers, you gun for that division title because you want home ice advantage for as long as you can possibly get it. I'm not, I'm not fully buying into that. Island Tony with some takes about Chikrin. He also adds a nugget that we heard over the weekend from Sportsnet, which was that Vlad Gavrikov has come out and said he's not really, or not, he hasn't come out and said it, but there is word out there that Gavrikov isn't open to signing extensions in Canada. He wants to play south of the border. To me, bullet dodged, if that's the case. Like, I don't want (laughs) to pay a first-round pick plus to get an extended Vlad Gavrikov. And if some team out there does, I say all the power to him. That's not exactly a guy I think the Oilers should be targeting. No, they've kind of filled this hole internally with Dayarnay. And I guess the other question now is, is Philip Broberg going to fill the hole on the second pairing? Yeah. It's a you know, yet to be seen, but to go out and acquire a Gavrikov or an Edmondson or someone to play defensively when Dayarnay has looked as good as he has, I I don't Mm -hmm. see the point. A lot of trade talk in here. I know that's what you guys really want to dig into. Um, so we'll we'll touch on that in just a second here. That was our three big things brought to you by Montana's. Our trade talk today is going to be brought to you by Star Mechanical, one of Edmonton's top new home plumbing installers for the last 20 years. If you want to learn more about the number one plumbing and heating company in Edmonton, you're going to head to their website, starmechanical.ca. Also, go give them a follow on Instagram. Who doesn't want to follow Star Mechanical on Instagram? Or if you need some emergency repairs, boom, the number's on the screen, 780-481-8873. If you're an Oilers fan, you need to remember that. It's 780-481-Brandon-Davidson-Vinny DeHarnay. Okay. It's easy to remember, right, Kunji? All right, shout out to Star Mechanical. Here's the latest on Jacob Chikrin. We touched on this a little bit on yesterday's show. Um, he's not going to play until he's dealt. Head coach Andre Tournier of the Yotes came out today in Nashville and said that. Chikrin's not playing tonight as the Yotes take on the Preds. And Tournier says he won't play until we have a resolution here. A deal's going to happen right away. Frank Saravalli says this. Lots of smoke connecting LA Kings with Jacob Chikrin, but no confirmed fire yet. And so we wait. Elliot Friedman had a, a few interesting notes on this, saying that there is there was a holdup in this deal and that it's around one player that they need to get moved to make this trade happen and they've hit a snag in moving that one player. So it really does sound like on Saturday night 
the LA Kings were this close to getting Jacob Chikrin and something happened. I think right now, just assuming that's done is foolish because if it was done, it would be done. And this isn't the morning after all this happening and they had a night to try to sort it out. We're now a couple sleeps away from that. If if Chikrin's not done now, Chikrin's on the block. And Frank Saravalli is now reporting that the Coyotes have made it known they're willing to retain on this guy. His $4.6 million contract is already a bargain. And even if they're only willing to keep 25% of it, Jacob Chikrin at $3.3 million or $3.4 million is a hugely different story than Chikrin at 4.6. All of a sudden, his value contract is that much more valuable. Coombsy, I don't I actually don't know where you stand on the Chikrin debate as a whole, but Chikrin retained. Does that change your view on it? My concern with Chikrin was never the salary cap hit, because that was always one of the more attractive things about him as a player, is that he's he's good and he's young and he has room to grow. He can help the team right now, but he can also improve moving forward. And his his salary cap at 4.6 mils isn't really difficult to fit into into the picture at all for the Oilers. So I mean Maybe if they retain some, but then also you have to ask, okay, if you're getting Arizona to retain some cash on this and they're going to be paying Jacob Chikrin to play against them for two more seasons after this, then what's that going to cost? And you kind of look at the reported deal from LA as the first round pick and defenseman Brant Clark, who they drafted eighth overall in 2021. And this year in the OHL, he put up so far 26 points in 15 games. Pretty good. did the Oilers even have the prospect that's superior to Brian Clark to pull this deal off? Is Philip Broberg better? I think Philip Broberg is an NHL defenseman. Yeah. Brian Clark is currently not an NHL defenseman. He's also Kings. a couple years younger. Yeah, yeah. he's younger. So that might be better, right? Because that might probably be better control. for Arizona, yeah. I just yeah. Like you said, I don't think the Oilers, one, wanted to move Broberg in this deal no. because he's becoming an established NHL player. Obviously, Chikrin is too, but... They didn't have. They don't have a guy like Brent Clark because they've just drafted forwards the last however many years. Yeah, they also haven't had a chance to pick in the top ten since sure. Philip Broberg when Brent Clark was eighth overall that year, right? Yeah, yeah, first round eighth overall. Um, I don't think they have the horses to compete with LA if LA really wants to make this deal happen. Uh, Frank said last summer the Kings offered Gabe Velarde in a first round pick. Okay, the Oilers don't have a Gabe Velarde. Like Dylan Holloway's not Gabe Velarde. The Oilers don't have any winger, any young winger that is of that caliber. So if the Kings want to get this deal done, they still have the ability to get it done. I'm just intrigued as to what the snag is. Like who's the player going the other way? Or salary cap? Somebody from the Kings that costs something they need to move. Because I also saw on Twitter people were speculating that the deal wasn't Brian Clark and involved Quinton Byfield, who they drafted second overall the previous year, 2020. So the line that Friedman had on his show was da, da, da. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Friedman on the Jeff Merrick show. The halt is because they have hit a snag with a player that is not a key part of the deal and whose contract needs to be moved. They've had difficulty closing that part. He goes on to say this player is critical to the deal because one of these teams wants the player, but he's not critical in a sense. It'll make the trade a better hockey deal for one of the two teams. So it sounds like a cap dump, some sort of a cap dump. But Friedman also adds LA's made it very clear, not just to the Yotes, but to other teams that Brant Clark and Quinton Byfield won't be included. So again, it seems like the Kings are going to have to are checking down a little bit, which again could be the snag in all of this, right? There could be money retained issues. There could be player retained issues, like a whole bunch of stuff. The trick with LA though, is they have so many assets. They have so many guys. Like even you take away those guys, like Alex Turco was a fifth round, fifth overall yeah. pick. Maybe it's someone like, is Arthur Kaliev maybe somebody on the table? It's someone like that. They just have so many young pieces. Yeah. Like for how many years now has it been like, oh, the Kings have so many players to move on. Yeah, like when you look at that team, never mind the pieces they have that are 26 years old and younger, Kevin Fiala, Adrian Kempe. But when you look at the lower parts of that lineup, they got Byfield, Kaliev, Rasmus Kapari, Gabe Velarde, and Jared Anderson Dolan. They have five forwards playing every day for them who are under the age of 23. You look at that blue line and pieces like Dursey, Mikey Anderson, and then in the minors with guys like Brant Clark, like they have so many young players right there at the NHL level that it's way easier for the Kings to do this deal and say, hey, we're giving up two future assets to get a better asset right now. It's just quite frankly easier for them than it is for the Edmonton Oilers to do that. When you look at Philip Broberg and who else do the Oilers have? Broberg, Bouchard, who else are their high-end defensive prospect pieces? They don't have any more. The drop-off is probably... It's Castle, steeper. Mike Kesselring will be the next one? Yeah, that's sure. the thing. Like, as an offensive guy, it's probably Kesselring. Mm-hmm. And then it's probably... Who would that even Kemp? be next? Kemp? Munzenberger? Munzen- yeah. Yeah, like, like it's just... Like, like, Players nobody's even heard of, probably, yeah. half yeah. these guys. Friedman also said something interesting, maybe not so much in regards to Chikorin, but it would tie in. He said he believes the Oilers are listening to their top players who have said they prefer puck moving, and they're going to look into that. And the best puck mover available is Eric Carlson. I That lines up with stuff. The Oilers' big guns want guys who can get them the puck better. They don't want glassing out. They want on the tape. And I think when you look at this Oilers' blue line, you know, CeCe, Kulik, there are guys, Bouchard has struggled this year. Darnell Nurse is not the best passer. He's a better transporter of the puck with his feet. The Oilers don't really have a lot of high-end puck movers. I think it's part of the reason they love Tyson Berry so much is because he's a good passer. I think Bouchard will get there at some point. Like I said, he's just having a bad year. Broberg has shown he's he's maybe making strides in that department. But the idea of Eric Carlson, I just, I hit on this with Connor on Oilers Nation after Dark Saturday. I hit on this again yesterday. 
what's the cost and how is it realistic? Because they really like Tyson Berry and Tyson Berry has maybe been their most consistent defender this season. But I can't imagine a world where you're bringing in, even if it's an $8 million Eric Carlson, what's the scenario where you can bring in an $8 million Eric Carlson and you don't move out the $4.5 million Tyson Berry? Because you, you are dollar in, dollar out. Ken Allen said that himself. How can you, what are the $8 million worth of contracts on the Oilers that you can pile up to make room for Carlson that doesn't involve Barry? I think you can get to probably seven and a half would be the highest you can get to for dollar in, dollar out. If you traded Barry and then one of those $8 million forwards, that's probably the closest you can get, right? Yeah. Unless you're trading another $3 million forward. Now it's like, well, now your team's just almost worse because your forward depth isn't there anymore. So are you giving up? Barry, because again, he's cap dump, unless you're shipping Barry somewhere else to get an asset back, which maybe you could considering the kind of year he's having. Three-way trade, get somebody else involved, yeah. and they're also retaining money on Carlson and getting Barry something. I don't think you can get a third. What does San Jose do with Tyson Barry? Yeah, they have no use for him. So you're right. It probably would have to be like a three-team deal where like you're moving out Barry for like a second round pick and then you're packaging up what? Your next two firsts and that second rounder. But also if they want a puck mover, why is Barry going? He's one of the few guys. And I mean, there's all the things with Barry that he doesn't do well defensively. Carlson doesn't do those things exactly. that well either. It's a more expensive version, a better version, of course. Eric yep. Carlson's a Norris Trophy candidate and a two-time winner, Hall of Fame caliber talent. But Tyson Barry's already basically the poor, poor man's version of that. Yeah. So Jonathan K is in the chat says trade three first and whatever else to get EK 65 here <laughs> tomorrow. Kenny, he would put the Oilers over the top in the West without a doubt. And listen, it's easy to sit there and be like, I mean, let's look at Eric Carlson's stats the last couple of years. Three points in 54 games. He, D man on the sharks. Like and they're terrible. He's a 110 point player on the Oilers. I get it. Yeah. And it's easy to say trade three first round picks and do whatever it takes. Unless San Jose is willing to keep half, which to this point, they haven't shown a willingness apparently to keep more than 20%. Unless San Jose is willing to keep half. I'm just, you can't realistically pull the trigger on a deal like this. It's, you can't, there's no way to work it around. We just talked ourselves into the pretzel of, okay, if your big guns want better puck movers, you go get Carlson. But you can only get Carlson if you trade Tyson Berry. So now you're sacrificing one of your good puck movers. To get a better puck mover, but you're giving up three first round picks. Like it's just what a puzzle it is. It's unsolvable. This is why Ken Holland gets paid the big bucks. If Eric Carlson, <laughs> if Eric Carlson was a rental, I said this Sunday. If Carlson was a rental, sign me up because yep. the Sharks would keep half. You'd trade Pugliarvi in one deal, Fogel in another. You'd have your money and you'd have Eric Carlson. But it's the fact that the Sharks aren't going to keep half because he has four more years. Also. <laughs> Half of Eric Carlson's lower body is metal or it's been reconstructed somehow. He's a bionicle. You should also think about this. Think about it for a moment from San Jose's perspective. And there's four years left in this contract. So let's say if the Oilers needed them to retain 40% or whatever to get it down to 6.5 or $7 million. The math's not correct. I'm doing it on the fly. But imagine Mike Greer, who's a new GM in the league, going to the owner of the Sharks and saying, I need you to pay Eric Carlson, the guy who's going to win the Norris Trophy this year, Five, six million dollars a year for the next four years to play against us in the division. After he went to his owner this summer and said, I'm paying Brent Burns, a fan favorite, $2.7 million for the next three years to play against us. All that for what? Late round picks and Tyson Berry? Like you're going to pick 27th, 29th and 30th over the next three years. And you also get Tyson Berry. Like what's the point of that? So if Mike Greer is going to do it, you better believe he wants two to three first round picks to get this thing done. It's just not happening, folks. Like I just, I would put the percentage at, 5% that this deal's done. So difficult. 
I think yeah. everyone would want Eric Carlson here, obviously. Oh, yeah. That's maybe even a stupid point, but it's just that he's so difficult to get done. I mean, if they get it done and it's we look back at it and it's like, okay, well, that was actually like not bad. Like, sure, but I just don't know how it gets done. Yeah. Also, Aaron, can you just flash up the stats again for Eric Carlson? I want to see, I want his last couple of years up to, to make another point here. And it's that he is having an unbelievable season. The resurgence is great. And part of it is probably because he's not sharing power play duties and all that stuff with a guy like Brent Burns. But last year, 35 points in 50 games. Year before that, 22 points in 52 games. Year before that, 40 goal, 40 points, but only what, three goals? Six goals in 56 games? Like, this guy has had a couple of years now where he's not Norris Trophy Eric Carlson. In fact, he was liability level Eric Carlson. He hasn't got a Norris Trophy vote since his first year in San Jose. And that was an injury riddled season where he put up 53 points or uh, 45, 45 points, 53 games, yep. finished 15th in Norris Trophy voting. He was great in the playoffs, but he hasn't been a full season Norris Trophy player since Ottawa. I like I, it, it, not, not yep. considering this year. So, do you want to commit to four more years of this guy and he'll be expensive? when he's had one bounce back season and again at the wrong side of 30 years old with a body that has been through a lot. He's played a lot of hockey over 700 career NHL games. Are you going to commit to that guy for the next four years at a premium cap of seven to $8 million? Consider the LTIR. Sure. And, and maybe that's something where if the Oilers have a chance to chat with him, Carlson says, you know, I only got like two more years left in the tank. Right. And then I'm, I'm done. This I'm year pulling next, the plug. And he retires and just gets paid LTIR money. Also, right on cue for Leon Dreisaitl to get an extension if that happens. That's what yeah. we would need, right? Because yeah. Dreisaitl is two more years after this one. Yeah. 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 So you have Carlson on this the books is, for those two contracts? There's so many factors in this that just well, yeah. don't play out well for the Oilers, besides the fact that Eric Carlson is an elite hockey player, <laughs> which is really what should stand above all. But it's just a cap with world. Everything else, it's like it just doesn't add up because you're moving, arguably, you're your best defenseman overall this season. Yeah. Maybe a forward that nobody is even wanted at all just for a cap dump, or does that just become Yamamoto instead of Poyavi? And then two or three first round picks. I don't know. But you're if you playing, win, you're if paying you a premium. Cup, does it matter? So I wanted to get to that point too, because Nicholas Nelson says in the chat, yeah, but if we get EK and we win the cup, do we care? No, you wouldn't. But if you get Eric Carlson and don't win the Stanley Cup, what are you doing? It's just people yeah. seem to think that the Oilers are magically one defenseman away from being the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I'm here to tell you they're not. I have a question. Sure. When Eric Carlson went to San Jose, how close were they to winning a cup? I can't remember. They had been close, but they they were in the finals a few years earlier. Yeah. It was 2016. They went to the finals. Then they lost to the Oilers in 17. Then 18, they lost to the Golden Knights in the second round. 19, they got Carlson was the first year, and they made it to the conference finals, lost to the Blues. That was the year. The Carlson year was the one where they had that crazy game seven against Vegas. Oh, yeah, with yeah, the cross the, check the and everything. Check. So yeah. they weren't their best ever San Jose Sharks. They weren't the early 2010s, Thornton, Marlowe, Pavelski, Couture, everybody Sharks. They were the not as good version of that. Yeah. The so dying days of Joe Pavelski as a shark. San Jose were probably in a similar position to what the Oilers are now, where they think like we're pretty but, close. But they didn't have But they yeah. still had enough to yeah, think they that did. they were gonna go get it. So they mm -hmm. gave up the farm to get Carlson. And it's yep. not been a good run. They ended up giving up Tim Stutzla in that deal. And now we want Josh four Norris more too. years yeah. of Eric Carlson from thirty two to thirty six. I don't know. 
I just think there's so many factors. Yeah, and I think there's a big gap between how the Sharks would value him because of this season, and rightfully so, and how other teams are forced to value him because of that contract and because of the last three years as a whole. Listen, if, if Eric Carlson was an unrestricted free agent this year, what would his contract have looked like? Probably nothing close to eight million bucks. If this past summer the Sharks said whatever, we're buying them out, even though they wouldn't have, because that's insane. Mm. But like, if he was a UFA this summer, probably would have gotten paid like four or five million bucks a season because he was coming off two bad years. Yeah, like the Ryan Suter contract was it like four point five million yeah. for two years. Like yeah. thing. It would have been but something after like that. This one though. Imagine he's a UFA this summer. What's he going to sign? For? But again, so it'd two be, years, twelve point five. But then it would be. Signing a guy based off one good season and you sure as shit wouldn't go four years for him. No, you wouldn't. That'd be insane. Unless you were spreading it out yeah. four or five years to get it down to six schmills or something like that. Guitar Maniac makes a good point. They know it's their best chance to move Carlson's contract. So from that perspective, like you, it, it's almost like glass half full, glass half empty. Does Mike Greer go to the owner and say, hey, I, I'm, we're going to have to pay Eric Carlson a total of 20 million bucks over the next four years because... He's going to play somewhere else. Or does he go and say, you're actually going to save yourself. Like we're not winning a cup. We don't give a shit. I'm getting a couple of firsts. Yeah. We're going to have to pay 20 million bucks over the next four years, but you're also saving yourself 20 million. But isn't, I, I, I still, the logic sound, but I just think about being in the San Jose market and all of those fans there who are willing to go to a game and purchase his Jersey. And when you get rid of him and they're also going to get rid of um, Timo Meyer, Timo Meyer has gone this year too. So their next best guy on the team is the rotting corpse of Logan Couture. <laughs> like there's, there's nothing left there that's going to draw people into the stadium. And this isn't Edmonton where people go every night, no matter what yeah. they have to have somewhat of a product on the ice. And I don't know if it's easy to sell fans in San Jose on the idea of picks two years from now. You know? And I think that's a good point too. There's a lot more that goes into the business side of things than, than maybe we recognize this time of year. Uh, Sean in Calgary says, don't trade for Carlson and don't win a cup. We just look back and say, Holland didn't even try. I heard this story before, but this team made the Western conference finals last year without Eric Carlson. So like, you know, it, it's not like, and they didn't lose a ton either over the last calendar year. It's Duncan Keith. Mm. And that is about it. Mike Smith. Well, the goal. Yeah. But I mean, the goaltending I think is <laughs> largely the same product. So go out and try to replace Duncan Keith and upgrade your forward group and go into the playoffs deeper up front with the same blue line. Hopefully a healthy Darnell Nurse, healthy Leon Dreisaitl and roll the dice. Like Austin says, let's go get Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Would you rather give up two firsts and everything you need pieces you'd be sacrificing off your active roster to go get Eric Carlson? Or would you rather move one first and Raph Lavoie find O'Reilly? I think I know what I would do. Which one? So Riley. And go get a depth defenseman. Go get Ali Mata. And you got O'Reilly. Get another depth winger. Go get whatever defenseman's out there. It's not Gavrikov. It's not McCabe because I don't think they want to play here. Klingberg sucks. It's someone lower down. Frank Saravalli's trade targets board than those three. But there's just, I think there's a better way to do this. And someone else, sorry, I just lost it. Um, someone said, if you trade for Carlson, that is your move for the next three years. Because if you're sacrificing three years of first round picks, you're not getting those picks back. There's no one you can trade off your roster that you're like, oh, we'll recoup those picks in the summer and then we'll restock. Like, no, no. If you're trading your next three first round picks, that means you're going the next three trade deadlines, not having them. And this is Ken Holland. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, Ken Holland's a lazy GM. He doesn't do his job. I'm not jumping into that narrative. But if you look at his history yeah. at the trade deadline, 
he doesn't usually make these huge splashes. He's traded the first round pick once. That was in, what was it, 2012 with mm-hmm. Kyle Quincy, the year after Lidstrom retired or Rafalski retired, someone like that. They were trying to replace a D-man. And then the next biggest trade in Detroit was probably but Brad Stewart for a second round pick and they re-signed him. Like, Holland's super conservative and yep. loves the draft. He wants to build a system here and leave that behind. Yep. He's not going to gut the Oilers system and leave them with nothing to try and win one year. It's just not going to yep. happen. Sean in Calgary says, no Ryan O'Reilly, give me Adam Henrique. I love that idea. Yeah, that's good. I 5.8 million for the next two years, but if they retain that, it's 2.9. I would give up, I'd give up my next two second round picks for Henrique if they take, if they retain half and they got to take Pugliarby, which I think they would because they like him. I have a feeling that Holland will go for one of the Blackhawks and I think it's Taves. I, 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 I think it's Lafferty. You think so? I just yeah. feel like, you know, there was the obvious thing where he valued the leadership and that's why he goes and gets Duncan Keith. Yeah. And then Keith's gone. You can, I think we can all agree they missed that presence to some extent. Holland will probably see Jonathan Taves, three times down the cap winner, captain, Con Smythe winner in the past, and think, okay, this guy will be the right player to have around. Though I don't know how effective he is now because remember he missed all of 2021 with long mm-hmm. COVID and now he hasn't played in a game because of an illness since they lost to the Oilers before the All Star break. So that's a little bit sketchy. And Frank did say on the rundown today, like that actually might be worrying some teams that like, yeah. Hey, if we get this guy, is there a chance? He's just like, not himself. He's just not a hundred percent for the next two months leading up to the deadline. Uh, Tyler Mulek, our guy in the chat, it says, what about Tyler Bertuzzi? We did hear that name on Saturday night as well. Only two goals in 20 games this season, but this is a guy who has hit the 30 goal mark recently as in last year um, when he was healthy. For two years prior to that, because again, he was banged up the one year and then he was sitting out games because of COVID because he wouldn't get the vaccine and everything. But he was uh, basically three straight seasons of 20 goals when he's healthy. Tyler Bertuzzi could be a legit option for this team. Again, I think part of what Ken Holland wants to do is build up more depth and get tougher to play against. Tyler Bertuzzi, even if you want to call it a fake tough guy act based on the game you watched between the Oilers and Wings the other week, Tyler Bertuzzi retained down to 2.35 million bucks would. Play fine for me. He's a Ken Holland draft pick, too. Detroit Red Wing. They haven't had one of those since Andreas Athanasiu. So he's a rental. I like that. Um, you know, is he a thir- perennial 30 goal guy? No, but I think he could slot into your middle six really nicely here in Edmonton. He's like a lower grade Travis Konechny. And I what think were the, what were the injuries this year? Was it wrist? Yeah, I think it was like both broke hands. his wrist, broke it, broke a yeah. hand or something like that. Both. That would explain why. Four to six weeks within the yeah, hand injury. Hand injury, right? And then surgery. Yeah. That's tough. It's tough for sure. It would be a nice fit though. The others could use that that spark in that jam. We all know having Clem Cost in the lineup seems to really spark them. He skates around, yeah. hits guys and does things. Was pretty noticeably missed in the Montreal game, I thought. I mean, the whole team looked so bad that you can really point out anything from that game as a criticism or a negative. But yeah, yeah it felt like they, 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 they could use more of that presence. <laughs> Cato says, does Bertuzzi stay after their rematch? Yeah, the Oilers and Wings. That's actually happening yeah. the next game on the schedule is this coming Wednesday when Detroit rolls into town. Great to have the Oilers back on home ice this week as well. So assured for giant game day of the show coming up on Wednesday afternoon. 7.30 puck drop between the Oilers and Wings. They go this week, Detroit Wednesday, Rangers Friday, Colorado Sunday. There's pressure on you to win that Detroit game because things don't get easier from that point on. The Rangers are just... They look like a wagon now that they've added Tarasenko. Yeah. And Back the, to cup contender status. That's the nice thing about pulling the trigger on the trade here a little bit early. I'm not sure what it's going to do for the Islanders that I'm not sure they're very good yeah. getting Bo Horvat. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But uh, for the Rangers, you go and spark your team in mid-February. That's the thing. Like, why not go ahead and pull the trigger on the deal now and keep the player for longer? Yep. And, you know, this is a hard time of year to play. It's the dog days of winter. 
So spark your team early. Someone was asking about uh, Bertuzzi's vaccination status. I don't think that's a thing anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, he can because he's been traveling to road games and playing yeah. on the road this year. So I don't think it matters anymore. Someone was talking about maybe his work visa. Honestly, I I don't know. I just you I, think just, they'd be able to? It hasn't been a thing in baseball anymore because the non-vax players were there in the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. Well, Robbie Ray pitched in Toronto. Yeah, our guy, uh, our guy D cards, D cards thirty five, our beer league goalie is in the chat, and he said, "Forget all this. Can we just talk about pitchers and catchers reporting?" Yes. Nate Pearson, Nate can Pearson. Nate Pearson factor wow. into the Jays' bullpen this year, Kumsi? Yes, I think um, <laughs> uh, hope springs eternal right now. And I watched that video of Nate Pearson throwing, and he was throwing hard. You could hear the sizzle. It sounded great. This is the year all aboard the Nate Pearson hype train. He's not going to be a starter. Won't happen. But he's going to pitch like 30 innings out of the bullpen. It's going to be magnificent. I'm with you on that. <laughs> We're probably going to drop a new episode of BGN Radio at some point this week. There's a lot for us to talk about still as the players start to show up. Um, and I told my story about how I saw Vladdy at the airport. It was a great story. 10 out of 10 story. You really, love you really love my good. stories. You tell really good stories like the <laughs> one about lids. <laughs> It was one of the best stories I've heard. Really riveting stuff. Uh, that's an Oilers Nation radio joke for those who don't know. Um, that's why I'm not on the podcast anymore. Yeah. Sean in Calgary says Bertuzzi's having a Devin Shore level season almost. Well, he's actually scored twice. So there's that. Also, he's been hurt. Like, I think it's fair to expect that a healthy Tyler Bertuzzi in a new city maybe has a bit of a jump, but he won't cost you a lot. I don't think you're dealing, like, you might not even be dealing a second round for two Tyler Bertuzzi. Second round picks and a roster player. No. Like, it might be a third and a C-grade prospect. Like, it might be a third in Lavoie for Bertuzzi, which that I think would be a very appetizing kind of deal. Ah, Let's, uh, Liam, do you have bets? Yep. Okay, let's do it. Betway. What do you like, Liam? What do I like We today? all Did we all miss on our game day bets? I think we did, eh? I, yes, the others were not good. No. So we missed they weren't. drastically. Yep. But speaking of the Red Wings, I have them to win tonight against Vancouver. Quite frankly, Vancouver stinks. The Red Wings have now won back-to-back since losing to the Oilers. So minus 106 around the road. But either way, Vancouver doesn't want to win games at the moment. That plays an absolute tire fire. Mm-hmm. Calgary, Ottawa, over six and a half. No goalies left in Ottawa. Everyone's hurt. Exactly. So that leads me to believe Calgary might be able to put a few in tonight. Over six and a half. Maybe Calgary hits it on their own. And Ottawa's offense, we saw it the other day. It's able to capitalize on chances. They got a lot of good talent there. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good little matchup. Minus 112 on the over there. I like that. I'm taking the flames on the puck line just because of that mm-hmm. goaltending situation in Ottawa. And it's like plus 155. Anytime I can get a team that I think is clearly better at plus 155 on the puck line, I'm, I'm probably going to take that. So I think that's a pretty interesting spot. I'm also taking the over in Buffalo and LA. LA scored five or six goals the other night against Pittsburgh. Buffalo leaks goals against, but they have a good offense. LA struggle between the pipes over six and a half. There seems like a decent spot for me as well. Shout out to our friends at Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Also, one more plug for uh, Star Mechanical. Check them out. Starmechanical.ca. Moving towards the end of the show. Let's just catch up on uh, what you've all been saying in the Nation Network YouTube. Hit that like button as well if you're in. Uh, Fighting Amish says, Eisenman would fleece Holland in any trade. I mean, Eisenman's mate. had some bad trades, yeah. bad bad moves in general recently. He hasn't been that amazing in Detroit. No, everyone just hates Holland for it's, some reason. It's I not don't really get fair. It. No, he's done. It's really not. I just don't get it. The Anthony CU one is ever what everyone goes to. Then everyone just forgets there was this thing called COVID nineteen. We stopped yeah. the world, and all really? of a sudden, no salary cap room. It was oh, unfortunate. He also lost cleft bomb to injury. Lost Larson to the expansion draft, didn't want to resign. That's a pretty unfortunate hand to be dealt. I think yep. Holland's done 
yeah, it could he, he could have done a more perfect job and done the exact moves we all wanted him to do. Mm. But I mean, that would have been nice. The Oilers have, yeah, right. Like that's what <laughs> we all want. But I mean, he came in and you know the Oilers have been a playoff team every single season. They've won playoff rounds, and he's drafted in the first round every year. They have a better farm system now than four years ago, and they're winning playoff series. Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> that's what we wanted, right? When Charlie got fired, he wanted some stability, no more panic trades. No more Alex Petrovich for a second round pick or whatever it was. Boy, no more Brandon nice. Manning. No more, I believe, for Strom. Those things don't really happen anymore. <sighs> yeah. Random rant, but no, but it's, I, but we've, necessary. We've, yeah, we've done that before on the yeah. show where we kind of talk about how people seem to just love to hate on him for no reason. Like the it's people. It's just low hanging fruit. It's easy. Yeah, you'll see people on Twitter be like, oh, can't wait for Holland to do nothing at the deadline. And it's like, well, let's just get to the deadline first. And then we'll criticize Ken Holland for doing nothing if. He actually does nothing because you know, that's a that's a big if right now. I do think at some point he'll get a bit of an itchy trigger finger when it comes to one of these moves. Like he'll want to pull on something. I just don't think like, you know, here, here's a little connection I'll draw. Friedman says the Oilers big guns are itching for a puck mover. They want someone who can pass the puck a little bit better than what they have on the blue line. If Ken Holland is having those conversations with his core players, he's open to doing something big. If you sit there and you're not calling McDavid and Drysaddle into your office and being like, "Hey, what do you guys, uh, what do you guys think about the team heading into the deadline? Should we do something?" If you're not already thinking about doing something, that seems like kind of a, you know, I want to make a big splash. I want to see how the room will react to the kind of trades I'm thinking. It's also the sign of like a good general manager. Yep, someone who like asks his players what they think they need. They're the ones mm-hmm. in the battle. Obviously, I'm just talking to his coaches too, but like, yeah, players are important to get their input from. It'd be like, it'd be like, you know, that meme video, I think it's the onion that does it. And it's, um, these people walk into a room full of like 10 year old kids and be like, who wants to have a pizza? And then it's the kids chanting pizza, pizza. And they just walk out of the room. It'd be like if Holland <laughs> called McDavid and dry and they're like, puck moving D man. Yeah. And Holland just leaves. Does it just, just acquires Dmitry Kulikov. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's uh, no, there's no way. There's just no way. What do you think about the idea of Shane Goss despair, though? I mean, you've you've brought him up before, Liam. Yeah, he's just a name that's kind of been out there, right? And if yep. it's a puck moving defenseman that the Oilers won, he moves the puck. He moves the puck. Four and a half mil UFA at the end of the year has experience playing the left and right side. Could be retained down to two point two five or an even three, and you can flip someone out in the in the deal. Not a very good defender, though, right? But it sounds like the Oilers don't really care about that. <laughs> they yeah. just want to go score 20 goals a game, which is entertaining for us. So, yeah, I mean, if they call someone you can't get figured out, which is going to be extremely difficult, then maybe you just go out mm-hmm. and get a, a ghost to spare and whatever that costs you. Maybe that costs you a second and a prospect, perhaps. Third and a prospect. Yeah, like, seems like something realistic. I'm not off the Carlson train by any means. I just don't know how it gets done. So if that's not possible, then the ghost yeah. is someone I would like to see. Then yeah. you could have a you can have a puck mover on every blue line pairing. Then you can do Bro- Broberg Bouchard. Yeah, you could do Nurse and Barry. Gostas Bear is easy. And then, then and, have, and then you'd have Kulak as kind of an extra guy, or him and Broberg flipping around on the third pairing with yeah. Bouchard. Yeah, but then I, no, Darren, I also Darren is not in the lineup anymore. And you know what? That's interesting because I do I could see a scenario where they want to keep Vinny in the lineup a little bit more. But again, like you run into a wall there. Do you want to upgrade the blue line? Yes. So one of Broberg or DeHarnay can play. Do you do you put Bouchard and Dehane in the same category then if you're the coach? No. Thinking like, okay, well, they're both rookie defensemen essentially. Mm-hmm. I know Bouchard's second year, but whatever. Like he's made mistakes this season. He's not been playing great. Like, 
is it so bad to not have him play a few games and maybe you have just those two rotate in and out if you do require another defenseman? Well, once Pugliarvi is gone, we need someone else to be controversial so they can True. healthy scratch Bouchard and give us a whole lot of content to talk about. <laughs> we could be in the final 24 hours before Pugliarvi is placed on waivers tomorrow or is dealt at some point today. Uh, we'll have all of that breaking down tomorrow on the show. I'm going to ask Mr. Saravalli if he can come on a day early. Just because tomorrow's not a game day, I'd rather keep the trade talk going. Mm -hmm. But Frank will be by at some point this week. He's uh, heading back from the Super Bowl. Um, what did Oof. you What did you make of the Super Bowl? You did good, right? You were talking before the show. You won some money. I missed one bet on the Super Bowl, and I think I think it was eight and nine I made wow. and a few parlays. And the only one I missed was and a Jalen Hurts. I had a parlay of Kansas and Philly both score twenty points, and Hurts and Mahomes both to get two or more passing touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Devonte Smith stepped out like the six yard line to break that one. That was the only one I missed, and I bet Kansas to win, so that was good. It was a great I, game. It was a really, really entertaining yeah. football game. Like there was like crazy, like kind of grab your head moments, being like, "Oh my god!" Like with the Hertz fumble and all of that. So many storylines. What a great script. Yeah, good job NFL. Good script. Can't wait to see what they write for next year. Rihanna uh, being pregnant. Yeah, Rihanna's pregnant. Massive. Well, I mean, come on. Yeah. Her rep. I said it when she was going. I was like. She pregnant? She's not moving, not moving the legs. Well, she much. was also having to navigate like a Smash Brothers map. Yeah, it was <laughs> floating, floating platform. That was epic. But yeah, I was, that was, I was a, cool a stage. little disappointed she didn't play Ponda Replay. That's what you wanted. Well, you know, give it, get a bit of everything for every fan. The OG Rihanna, the new she Rihanna. played Umbrella. That yeah. was nice. Mm -hmm. Could yeah. use something earlier too, like Unfaithful from the first album. Mm. Oh wow, you're you're going yeah. with deep Rihanna cuts. Well, I didn't know you're that kind of a fan. I'm almost thirty. I'm, you know, Fair I was uh, I was around from the start. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> That's why I requested Ponda replay. She has a lot of bangers. I she does of, like yes. her catalog. lineup of bangers. Thirteen like, minutes, and we got like ten songs. You couldn't. It was awesome. You, you couldn't meet someone. I don't think unless they were just a huge hater who doesn't at least have one Rihanna song. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say this. Rihanna's better than Beyonce. Yeah. Wow. What a hot take. Yep. Hundred percent. What yep. a hot take. You agree? <laughs> I think in terms of like depth of catalog, yeah, yeah probably yeah. like more bangers, just more breadth too, like more different stuff. Yep. Beyonce's mm -hmm. got. She can sing. She can belt those chords and dance too. Yeah. Yep. But Rihanna's just I don't know. And producers just got, just got more bangers, more cool Bar songs. Barbados flair, perhaps. Yeah. That is, this is not where I expected the show to go. Uh, all right. We're going to wrap up on, uh, on everything today. Shout out to everyone who was active in the chat. There was a lot of you today. You love the trade talk and that's not going anywhere. I think we are 18 days away from NHL trade deadline. 18 days away. Wowza. The news will just keep rolling in. Uh, shout out to Star Mechanical, Montana's sports closet, sportscloset.ca. Check them out. And as well, uh, short Ford. We'll have a short for giant game day coming up. Check out more about their service center by hitting the link in the description of today's video. That is a wrap. We'll be back tomorrow. Noon mountain time chat with you then.